Welcome back to Mundaria Legends, the epic fantasy story where you, the audience, help craft the adventure. I'm Michael Stone, your host. Today being the seventh episode in, we are now deep enough into season two that I likely won't be able to take too many more character suggestions into consideration for our future episodes that remain in this season. Do keep sending them in, however, because there may always be an exception to that rule depending on what you send in. And, good news, I have made great strides in writing my book. I am almost a third of the way done with it, close to 70,000 words written. The stories I have written for this podcast have been amazingly fun, but I am even more excited to share with you the book when it is all finished. The podcast, as a reminder, acts as a kind of prologue to the book, not one that you'd have to listen to in order to enjoy the book, but hopefully these stories give you a taste of what's to come. For now, however, we'll go ahead and without further ado, we bring to you Episode 7 of Season 2, Faith. Loella acted before she could allow any second thoughts to dissuade her. Immediately after the corpse of Teresiath fell from the banishing blade, the senator willed the water just in front of Zeru to encase his body in ice. Only the elf's head was exposed, his arms and hands still in the relatively same position they were in when he had killed the Cthulhu. Zeru looked down at his cold prison and smiled as he saw a few swirls of purple within it, a hue too similar to the pool of Teresiath's blood that was just now beginning to cloud the water where his body was now sinking. Loella conjured a shard of ice and held it to Zeru's neck. That's the last life you will ruin, Zeru. Too many people have suffered because of you. And now I'm going to make sure it stops. You will stop. Loella imperiously pronounced, her voice shaking with barely contained rage. Her spite for the bald elf didn't abate at all with a chuckle he began to give out. And I suppose I should feel ashamed. Ashamed that a self-appointed arbiter of justice, such as yourself, has laid bare my crimes. How poetic of you, Senator, Zeru laughed, seemingly unconcerned at all with the predicament he found himself in. You have killed the last prophet of the College of Seers. And was it you who also was responsible for the deaths of the rest? Was it you who really killed all of them? Sir Clipsos questioned, as if daring Zeru to deny the responsibility for such an atrocity. Zeru's smile did not fade in the least. After a fashion, of course. The Cthulhu illusionist's tentacles all began to writhe in outrage. And all this after what you did to my people? Inciting them to war against each other? And after all that I have heard from the senator with what you did on Cruz? Do you have any idea of the damage you have inflicted on the world, you bug-riddled fool? Watch your language, Zeru mocked. And I may be many things, but... By now I find it difficult to believe that either of you should believe me to be a fool. I wouldn't say that coming here today was your most intelligent move I've seen you make, Zeru, Loella harshly snapped. Oh, 
am I supposed to be afraid that you'll kill me? That you are so angry, your judgment so clouded with the hatred you feel for me, that you'll again make an exception to your vainly protested beliefs of pacifism and kill me? The healer rolled his eyes. Oh, no, I think not. You cling too dearly to your pride to do so, Loella. In your blurred, short-sighted mind, you can only continue to function if you think yourself to be the better person to have the cleaner soul. You are too desperate to maintain the pretense that you are any better than me than to come down to my level and actually put your convictions to the real test and bloody those delicate hands of yours with the proof of your commitment. It would ruin you to know the real truth, Senator, which is probably why I'm in the mood to share it with you. Zeru smirked, his bald forehead wrinkled with malice. And what truth could that possibly be? Loella challenged. Is it that you found me and my people so easy to manipulate, so pliable to your whims, that you laughed at us as we ended up doing exactly what you wanted us to do at Cruz? And all for what? So that you could take the banishing blade for yourself? Zeru continued to smirk as he reproved Loella, like a teacher would an errant student. And still you think this is all about me. You must think me so nefarious, so vicious. Zeru's smile faded somewhat, the cold malice Loella had seen before setting into the hardened lines of his face. That is something to be envied, perhaps. To possess such naivete, to so neatly divide the world into good and evil, the light and the dark. It would be much more amusing if it weren't so ironic. I may not be a saint, but you are not going to convince anyone that what you are doing is anything but evil. You are a monster, Zeru, and the world is going to see you as a monster so that you can face justice for what you have done and die publicly as a monster, Loella snarled. Zeru rolled his eyes. Spare me your theatrics, Loella. This isn't the Senate Rotunda back home, after all. He looked from Loella to Sir Clipsos and back again. If you two really want an explanation from me, then certainly I can accommodate. As I said, I derive much pleasure from you knowing the truth as well, Loella. To Loella's right, Sir Clipsos flinched. He has nothing we should listen to, Loella. Silence him. We will learn no truths from him that are worth hearing, he asserted. Zeru gave a cold laugh. What's the matter, young sentinel? Are you afraid of what she'll do if she learns? After all, it's not as if she'd pose a danger to you specifically. 
At least, not immediately. He can invent whatever barbs he wishes, Eclipsos, but he will answer to me right now, Loella urged. Loella, don't! You're playing right into... Sir Clipsos began until he too was encased in ice, silenced by Loella's hydromancy. Sir Clipsos only looked forward blankly behind the small iceberg, helpless. Ah, there's the Loella I remember hearing about, Zeru reminisced with the falsest warmth he could manage. A pragmatist, whose pursuit of her own goals justify whatever means she happens to think of. What would that idealist husband of yours think? You can taunt all you like, Zeru, but both you and I know that my ice needs only a twinge of my power for you to be ended, right here and right now. And even with the banishing blade, something tells me that you'd have a hard time healing a severed head. So if you want to stay alive, you are going to tell me exactly what you have been doing and how we're going to stop it. Loella was far past being done with the healer's games. Aeltha, Pathan, and all the others who died at Cruz, or who suffered worse in Regnath at the Malinot's hands. It took every ounce of restraint she had to keep her icy dagger from pushing any further towards that wretched healer's neck. Oh, but you left out that critical question. That question you really wanted answered. The question of why, Zeru darkly added. You still suffer the delusion that I am somehow interested in money or power. Those are but peripheral interests, means to an end, Senator. Of course, I wouldn't expect a politician to have been able to understand that, he smiled. You look at me as if I am the greatest threat to the pathetic excuse for what you call Bundarian civilization. The world has seen for centuries. But I beg of you, Senator, to acknowledge for once in your life that the world has never been civilized. You imagine that simply because the Dread King is gone and that the nations of the world eventually stopped fighting the throne wars, that somehow... The people of this day are any better or are any more righteous than the peoples of the past. I may have been bold enough to steal the banishing blade, my dear, but never arrogant enough to believe such fantasy. Less sophistry, more answers, Loella urged glowering at Zeru as she pushed her ice blade a little closer towards his neck. Would she let him live to be tried for his crimes after this? After she got her answers, would she really allow him any chance at being able to spread his corrupting influence any farther in Mundaria? At the moment, she couldn't honestly answer that question one way or the other. Zeru returned Loella's scorn with his own. 
You know not what you belittle, girl. The depravity of this people who live today is exactly the same kind of stubborn pride that led to the throne wars, which destroyed everything I ever valued. And it's the same kind of short-sighted self-absorption that led the wielders of old to turn against their rightful king and slay him, Zeru spat. Luella felt like her eyes widened to the size of dinner plates. You... you can't be serious. You are honestly talking about what I think you are talking about, are you? The Dread King? Of all the people in the world who could have a reason to hate him, I would think that you most of all would know how awful he was. He killed scores, hundreds, millions of people, Zeru. No! Zeru snapped for once, his restraint and calmness having completely evaporated. You know nothing of what it was like back then. Everything you know of the Dread King has been handed down to you by the people who killed him. And the people who killed each other. Zeru's eyes were intensely focused on Loella, bloodshot with an anger to match Loella's own. It was those people you laud as champions, the arch-wielders, the people who forged this very blade I now hold. It was they who ruined the world. It was they who destroyed the peace, and you and the rest of Mundaria today are the inheritors of their terrorist legacy. The bald elf's voice was the one shaking now, his anger overflowing. The calm and control Loella had been so accustomed to from him had disappeared without any visible trace. It was as if she was really seeing Zeru for who he was for the first time, without the sneering, calculating shell he wore around himself for all the time she had known him. Loella hesitated briefly, then shook her head. You're insane. You're a madman. So says the woman, who so calmly embraces such a chaotic world, who lives on a foundation of the lies of her terrorist forefathers, Zeru venomously accused. We had peace under the endless sovereign. Under his rule, a child could walk through the darkest night in the loneliest alleyway without any fear. Loella, we didn't even need locks for our doors. The endless sovereign kept us safe, and we were happy. Likely because you and everyone else you knew was brainwashed into thinking so, Loella accused. The Dread King was a despot, and everyone knows that if you didn't do what he wanted, you would die. One glance of his death sight was enough to kill millions. He was a murderer and a butcher. Sure, those who were terrorized into obeying him may well have been safe, but they were never free. Ever the good little student, I see, Zeru chided. 
Again, an answer that may well have been taken word for word from Corvin's The Life and Death of the Dread King. But between the two of us, Loella, I'm the only one who actually lived through what we're talking about. Loella heard Sir Clipsos trying to say something from behind the ice, but nothing except muffled grunts came through. Cursing silently, she resolved to end this discussion with Zeru quickly. Sir Clipsos hadn't been frozen as carefully as she would have liked, and was likely starting to run out of air. I'll tell you what it was like living in Ragnath. It was paradise, Zeru insisted. Thanks to his majesty, I lived a life free from fear, free from want or pain. Those were the things I only began to truly learn about after the betrayal of the arch-wielders and the war they launched against the only true and rightful king. For all your talk of freedom, Loella, those terrorists kept anyone from living freely without another surprise attack or raid or news of more hostages being taken and killed by your cherished arch-wielders. And so because of that, you want to bring back even more death and pain? Is that all this is to you, Zeru? A gambit for vengeance? Loella scoffed. This time, Loella heard Sir Clipso speak loud and clear. Loella, this is not the time. We need to leave. Now. He is distracting you. Loella whipped her head around towards the Cthulhu, only to see him still trapped in the ice. A moment's confusion passed before she understood. An illusionist, right. But she also saw something else. Several somethings. The other Cthulhu, still dead, but moving, rushing through the water and towards Loella and Sir Clipsos. She quickly turned back to Zeru and willed the ice blade, hovering in the air further against his neck, beginning to draw some blood. Call this off or I end this conversation the hard way. Zeru sneered, but with a glance towards the dead Cthulhu, they stopped in place, their dead lifeless eyes unfixed as they stared forward, watching. This man has committed the blackest crime. Kill him now and let us leave. This man has no enlightenment to offer and will not yield any secret of value to us. Sir Clipsos's disembodied voice again sounded. One of Zeru's eyebrows perked up. Ah, so you haven't told her our little secret, have you, Shrouder? Is that why you are so eager to silence me, to leave? So rudely and before we finished a proper conversation? Zeru gave a brief, mirthless laugh. So predictable. To the bitter end, the Cthulhu will guard the most valuable knowledge, even and especially when it could prove helpful to an ally. Whatever he is saying, don't listen to it, Loella. He will only toy with us or delay us until he finds a way to kill you before you kill him, Sir Clipsos urged. Loella again hesitated. Whatever he is saying? Ah, but of course... Sir Clipsos couldn't even hear what was going on from behind the ice, 
He didn't know what Zeru was talking about. Not to worry, Senator. I can tell you what you want to know. You think this is all just a bitter old man's quest for vengeance. I am long past that, Loella. Surely, it must be obvious even to you what my true intentions are. Now that you know of my true sympathies for His Majesty's cause, you should need a seer to know why I, a healer loyal to the Endless Sovereign, sought after the Banishing Blade. All at once, the air seemed to freeze along with Sir Clipsos. Loella's heart skipped a beat as it choked with the realization of what Zeru was implying. What are you doing, Loella? End this now and let's leave. Kill him and be done with it. Sir Clipsus's increasingly frantic voice called. No. Not even with the Banishing Blade. Could you possibly do that? That's impossible. He's been dead for far too long. You might be able to make corpses walk, but there's no way you'll ever call the Dread King's soul back from oblivion. That's beyond even your power, Loella argued, trying to keep her voice steady despite the damp, chilly fear that threatened to take it. Under normal circumstances, you'd be most correct, Zeru said appraisingly. The little share I have of the god-shard Konsanho, even magnified by the Banishing Blade's might, would hardly be enough for the task. But, as someone who knows their history... The healer then quickly looked down, took a breath, and in a breathtakingly infinitesimal moment, shattered the ice he was trapped in. Loella only briefly saw the healer's body, swollen with musculature that shouldn't have been there, couldn't have been there on such an elderly man. Before she had to summon a wall of ice to stop the flying shards of Zeru's former prison. Her own ice blade that had held itself against the healer's throat now fell helplessly and shattered into pieces against the stony library's floor. Only a few seconds elapsed before the banishing blade was brought tearing through the new ice wall that Loella had formed. Zeru stood before her, his aged face grinning wildly with a manic surge of triumph as he pointed the blade at the senator and crowed. As I was saying, as someone who knows their history, I believe you'll find... There's always a way to build upon one's talents. Loella again summoned a blade of water, hardened it to ice, and sent it curving through the air towards Zeru. The healer didn't even bother to dodge it, and it hit him straight in the chest. Loella looked on in horror as she saw him casually pull the ice out, and the wound immediately healed. Desperately, she summoned as many blades of ice as she could and sent them all flying towards her foe. Zeru hardly winced as again and again he was hit with what should have been death-dealing blows, only to have his own rapidly healing body gently push the icy weapons from his flesh outwards as he slowly walked towards Loa. 
Never before had Zeru seemed so horrific as he did then, bleeding profusely, yet not dying, being punctured and ripped by Loella's attacks, yet not betraying any indication he felt any pain. Where once he had been a relatively short old man, Loella now saw a looming giant of muscle laughing at her futile attempts to slaughter him. Loella, release me now! We need to get out of here! Sir Clipsis's voice desperately cried. Breaking her vision away from the nightmarish sight before her, Loella blinked rapidly and turned to the floating berg of ice where Sir Clipsos was, shattered it, and then willed the water to quickly swallow them both and propel them downwards to the bottom of the depths of the Grand Library. Both she and Sir Clipsos had little time to catch their breath before multiple splashes from overhead confirmed Loella's fears. Zeru had jumped into the water, followed by many, many dead Cthu. And the threat did not just come from above. All around them, from the rubble they had so recently searched, dead, lacerated, and broken bodies curled their tentacles towards them, death not hindering their speed in the least. My powers! They're not affecting him! Sir Clipsus exclaimed, genuine fear gripping his voice. Loella turned and saw him, his right arm, or tentacle rather, glowing with his own mark. Yet Loella did not see Zeru stop or turn or react at all to whatever illusion Sir Clipsus was trying to inflict on him. Those mad eyes just kept their gaze on the senator. He can heal from any wound I inflict on him. However he is doing that, he must also be using that to keep his eyes and mind immune from your shadowmancy. Loella swallowed hard. There's nothing we can do here. We can't stop him. We need to get out of here now! And as both of them darted towards the tunnel through which they had come, Loella was certain she could see an annoyed glare from the illusionist. A brief glare at that, but the message it carried was received nonetheless. He hadn't been the one to insist on trying to pry information from the healer, and he hadn't been the one to encase his partner in ice. On they swam through the tunnel, just as dark as it had been before, but now even darker as the light from the library behind them quickly became blocked. Loella knew she shouldn't turn to look, but did anyway, and confirmed that their pursuers were hot on their tail, with the shadowy outline of Zeru in the lead. Apparently his healing abilities had precluded his kind's need for fresh air, as he swam unrelentingly towards Loella and Sir Clipsos. She could swear she could see the dim glint of insanity beckoning from the healer's eyes as he swam forward, the promise of murder shining behind them. Well, that was enough of looking behind them for one day, Loella thought. She pushed herself forward even harder, her arms and tail fin feeling the strain of her desperate plowing through the water. Can't you get us out of here any faster? You are a hydromancer, aren't you? Calypso snapped. Cursing under her breath, Loella shook her head in self-reproach and reached out around her with her hydromancy. She willed the water around her and Sir Clipsis to shoot them forward. She was struck with memories of another such similar maneuver below the island of Cruz. She and Sir Clipsos hit the wall of the manure trading post's back room at the far end of the tunnel soon enough, and a little more forcefully than she had hoped. Wincing, 
She asked the Cthulhu, Are you all right? I know what a cannonball feels like now, I suppose, Sir Clipso said, panting. But we can't stop. We must get to the ship as quickly as we can before Zoru can catch up with us. Rage broiled in Luella's throat. The entire point of them coming to this island was to capture and interrogate Zeru and bring him to justice. Now they were fleeing him, still with unanswered questions and leaving the elf who just committed genocide free to wreak even more havoc. But she couldn't argue with Sir Clipsos. There really was nothing they could do to Zeru. Loella again used her hydromancy, pulling the water around them as she again shot them back through the sunken undercity of Biblioum. How did he get that powerful, Cyclipsos? I've never heard of anything like what Zeru was doing today. I've seen the banishing blade used before, but the kind of healing he was doing simply shouldn't be possible, Loella complained. Cyclipsos was silent for a moment, focusing his attention forward along the length of the colossal urban waterway they were speeding through. Cyclipsos was silent for a moment, focusing his attention forward along the length of the colossal urban waterway they were speeding through. The how is not important. What we will need to concern ourselves with is what we are going to do to stop him, he flatly resolved. That would be a lot easier if you answered my question, Cyclipsos. How did he get that powerful? And come to think of it, how is it that you know the answer? Loella demanded. The pair were now back in the smaller tunnel, leading out into the open ocean. Sir Clipso still did not answer, choosing to remain silent. Loella's patience gave out in a burst. She cut off her hydromancy, stopping them in the water. The Cthulhu turned his head to her, disbelieving. What are you doing? We need to escape, Sir Clipso insisted. Zeru may be effectively immortal, but he's not omniscient. We are far from where he last saw us. And that means we have time for you to explain exactly why it was that he was able to do things in there I have never heard any healer do before, Loella shot back. Sir Clipsus's eyes furrowed. No, Senator, that information is too dangerous, even for you. Loella was about ready to yank the Cthulhu's tentacles off his face. What have I done to earn this kind of distrust from you, Sir Clipsos? I have listened to you, supported you, vouched for you to the crew of the Penelopus. But when you felt it served your interests, you even more quickly used your powers of hydromancy against me, just now back there in the library, Sir Clipsos yelled. Because I needed to know what that blasted elf was doing, Loella roared. And now he's more or less promised that he is going to do whatever it takes to bring a dead god back to life. I have to know what it is Zeru is doing, Zeclipsos. This man has threatened my people's safety before, and he'll do it again. Zeclipsos sighed, closing his eyes. He paused, lifting one of his tentacled limbs upward to rub at his right temple. When he next spoke, he didn't yell, but he gave the senator the most deadly earnest look he could likely muster. I know it has been difficult to trust me, considering what I did to your crew, and for who I am. Nevertheless, Senator, I must ask that you trust me. The answer to your question... Sir Clipso shuddered. 
You must understand how dangerous even knowing it is. I did not choose whether or not to know this truth. I wish I had never been told. All I can tell you is that the more people who know that truth makes the world that much closer to starting the throne wars again. Loella angrily began to launch yet another objection, but Sir Clipsos interrupted her. No, Senator, please. This is something we must not discuss. The knowledge I possess cannot be spread any further. At the very least, consider this. Zeru wanted you to know the answer. If you force that truth out of me, you would be again playing right into his hands. Luella opened and closed her mouth three times, her words caught and webbed by the Cthulhu's simple logic. Death sight, take him, he was right. Zeru was practically playing her like a conch trumpet back in the library. Fine, Loella finally decided. I'll trust you with that knowledge for now. But I expect you to be completely transparent on everything else from now on, especially where it concerns the safety of my crew and my people. Then we had best do as Teresias' prophecy suggested, and get you back home to Maieli as soon as possible, Sir Clipso suggested. Loella shook her head. No, not good enough. I don't have Zeru, and without him I don't have the evidence I need to convince the Senate of what really happened on Cruz. Without that evidence, King Kairal's rightful claim to the throne is at risk as well as his life. And with what Zeru is planning, we need King Kairal to lead us now, more than ever, to prepare us for whatever may be coming. You don't understand, Loella, Sir Clipsos clarified. This secret that Zeru spoke of, he shared it with my people, and now they are embroiled in a civil war because of it. You say that he has had designs against your people in the past. You also want to stop Zeru, I assume? You want to find him again? Teresiath's prophecy was clear enough. You need to stand before your king again. But not as Loella, or did I hear that part wrong? The senator rebutted. Most of that prophecy was speaking in nonsensical paradoxes. Paradoxes extremely similar to other prophecies I have studied, senator. We may not know the full meaning of this prophecy yet, but it is clear that we must return to your home of Ethal, if for no other reason than to try to head off Zeru and prevent him from doing to your people what he has already done to mine. If you really care about your people, and if you really believe Zeru has meant them harm in the past, we must return you to Ethal. Loella considered the problem for a moment. It wasn't like there were too many other viable places where the Penelopes could head anyway. Those were pretty solid reasons for returning to Ethal, as they had no leads or information on why Zedu would go most anywhere else. That, and as confusing as the prophecy had been, it had been clear on that point. She did need to return to Kyral. The very thought of that caused a strange yearning in her, accompanied by the pinging of an old guilt. Fine. We head for Ethal, but we are going to have to be very careful about how we go about doing this, Loella mentioned, as she shot both of them again with her hydromancy back towards the Penelopes.
which was only a few seconds away at the speed she sent them towards it. They found the anchor lowered off to the port side, and Luella tugged at its rope, signaling to the crew above to pull them up. She and Sir Clipsos held on to the rope as it soon enough began to pull them on board and above the ocean's surface. Between you, the Malanot I encountered at Regnath and Zeru, I haven't had the best of luck when it comes to safely traveling from one place to another on this voyage. And as they were brought over the side of the ship onto the deck, they turned and looked as strong hands gripped their limbs tightly holding them in place. Before them stood a very short man, who could only be a dwarf with a proud black beard, wearing gold and purple gilded armor, a smile holding his pipe in his mouth as he looked at them. Tough luck with your travels, say you. Well, that's just too bad for you now, isn't it? The dwarf jeered, as Loella and Sir Clipsos looked around the deck of the Penelopus, swarming with other dwarves, before a sharp blow to the back of Loella's head winked the startling sight out of her vision as she drifted into unconsciousness. And that concludes today's episode. We will see you next month, the first Thursday of the month, at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for the next episode. And remember, you cannot see the hero unless you know the monster. <laughs>